0: Good morning. It is Thursday, August 31st, last day of the month. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there, Casey Daniels 317. Of course, we're both on YouTube. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar and a reminder, we do have a few tickets still available for the WIBC night, which is coming up on Wednesday, October 4th at the Indiana Historical Society, brought to you by Relay Indiana. You want to go? You want to see that guy? Get your tickets today. Yes,
2: Don't wait. yes, yes. We'll be charming. We'll be charismatic. We'll be magnanimous. Uh, we will let you buy us alcohol. There's usually an open bar of some sort as part of the event. We'll take a photo with you. Uh, it is pretty much all of your dreams coming true in one two to three hour block. And so why wouldn't you want to do that? It's a very reasonable price. I mean, it's uh, I don't know what the tickets are this year, but whatever they are, they're underpriced. So please take swift advantage of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how much it is, but it's underpriced no matter what. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about this interview. It was with former Fox News host Tucker Carlson. He was on Adam Carolla's uh, podcast, which is being touted as the most downloaded podcast in the world. That was according to Guinness World Records back in 2011. Don't know if it is still the most downloaded podcast ever.
2: Uh, I'd say it's pr- probably, uh, probably not. Been, not I
0: since mean, Joe, Joe Rogan came yeah, on the scene.
2: No offense to Adam Carolla. So for those who don't know, Adam Carolla was uh, uh, kind of a comedian. He got his start on kind of his big break on Comedy Central uh, with Jimmy Kimmel. They did the Man Show. Mm-hmm. They were also part of a One of the most underappreciated shows in the history of ever, Crank Yankers, which was this phenomenal show where they made crank phone calls to people, and they had puppets hacked out the Mm -hmm. phone calls. Mm -hmm. It's still one of the best, most underrated shows ever. And since then, while Kimmel's kind of gone on to do more uh, the traditional route, doing the late night show, Corolla's kind of dabbled in a variety of different things, one of those being this very well listened to podcast that he has, and now there's a video component to it, like many others. And Tucker Carlson was his guest this week, mm-hmm. and case uh, okay, so Look, I thought this, I thought this interview was fascinating because Tucker Carlson is very direct, and you don't often get this level of directness from people who dabble in mainstream national media. And Tucker, especially now that he is removed from the Fox News anchor around his neck, he has zero cares to give.
0: Right, he can say what he wants, even if it might dabble into the conspiracy line of things.
2: And we're going to play a couple clips from this, because, again, I just thought there were many areas of this interview that it was just like, wow, this is really, really interesting stuff. And the first one is, and this is very scary, but I tend to agree with it. uh, The next logical step in the left's obsession with Donald Trump is assassination.
3: If, you know, they protested him, they called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They Fabricated a lot about what happened on January 6th In order to impeach him again It didn't work He came back Then they indicted him It didn't work He became more popular Then they indicted him three more times And every single time his popularity rose So if you begin with criticism Then you go to protest Then you go to impeachment Now you go to indictment And none of them work What's next? I mean, you know, graph it out, man we're speeding toward assassination obviously and no one will say that but I don't I don't know how you can't reach that conclusion you know what I mean like they have decided permanent Washington both parties have decided that there's something about trump that's that's com- so threatening to them they just can't have it
0: well, they're trying to assassinate him legally now in the court of law, and I hope Tucker's wrong about this, And uh, but I can see where this logic is coming from. They absolutely refuse the left to acknowledge that Trump still represents the views of millions of Americans, and instead of trying to speak to those Americans, they just keep attacking Trump. And to Tucker's point, what is next?
2: And— I think everybody should take it very serious what he's saying because it's easy to go oh shock jock oh you know uh, looking for clicks or Tucker Carlson doesn't need clicks like Tucker Tucker Carlson is doing just fine he doesn't need the money it's it's like Taylor Swift not playing the Super Bowl it's you know she she doesn't have to do whatever she doesn't want to do Tucker Carlson can go anywhere he wants he can get whatever he wants he doesn't have to say something to get people to pay attention to him his mere presence people pay attention to and i think there's a lot of unfortunately a lot of truth in what he's Mm -hmm. saying there which is the left's obsession with trump is a very scary um very says reaches very scary period and he's right if you just keep moving forward well this is the ultimately the end result on all of it.
0: Well, not only does Trump have to watch a six, but Tucker does too, because now I I feel like he's going to have a target on his back for saying the things out loud.
2: Uh, Tucker also said on this podcast with Adam Carolla that the U.S. will go to war with Russia next year to help the Democrats win the election. And so if your goal is to maintain power, and if you think once you relinquish
3: power, the problem with everything becoming The problem with criminalizing politics is the people who do it imagine or know that it will be done to them. So once you start indicting your political opponents, you know that you have to win or else they're going to indict you if they win. Right. Right. And so they can't lose. They will do anything to win. So how do they do that? They're not going to do COVID. Again, I know everyone on the right is afraid they're going to do COVID and mask mandate. They're not going to do that. They can't do that. If they've already been exposed, that won't work. There's going to be... No. What are they going to do? They're going to go to war with Russia. That's what they're going to do. There will be a hot war between the United States and Russia in the next year. And really? On the, of, yes, of course. They want it anyway. Um, I don't think we'll win it, but that's a separate analysis. But I think it's a political matter. They need to declare war footing in order to assume war powers in order to win. I believe that. And I think the evidence suggests that's true.
2: I agree with him 100% on that. I absolutely think they, they – I mean, again, it's just like Trump with the assassination. What's the next logical step? I mean, you can only continue to send a gajillion dollars to this country with no results for so long, and they need the next thing. And th- th- look at the history of this country, whether it is Vietnam under under Johnson and then, uh, and then Nixon, or you look at uh, – obviously the Iraq Afghanistan debacles under Bush. What do they do? This country has a long history of trumping up phony bullcrap in order to justify military intervention in order to help politicians accomplish whatever goal they need to. And Joe Biden has never been shy about voting to send other people's kids to fight and die for his own benefit.
0: Okay, so the Biden administration announced a new military aid package for Ukraine just yesterday. This one valued at two hundred fifty million dollars. And in the past five hundred and fifty two days so far, we're up to forty three billion since the beginning of this. And uh, Vladimir Zelensky, he just demanded that the United States and the European Union send more money or else he won't hold elections next year.
2: All right. One more clip of this interview of Tucker Carlson was on with Adam Carolla on his podcast. And Tucker's, you know, been on this for a while now. He says Obama was totally gay and totally smoking crack, but the media shut it down.
3: You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did. I'll take a lie detector. And He did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it, not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign.
0: Okay, so he goes on to say that Larry Sinclair has been in and out of prison for 40 years. He's got a criminal record, and he has a disordered life. He's missing a tooth. He's poor, but that he does have a record of deception, but that this story, (laughs) if you listen to it in detail, is clearly true.
2: Well, okay, whether this is true or not, it goes back to, think about all the things about Barack Obama we have absolutely no idea about. And the guy rose to be the president of the United States of America Speaking of someone we have absolutely no idea about We still to this day Three years later have absolutely no idea Where Joe Hogsett was During the riots In 2020 mm-hmm. And just like I mean that that is amazing To me that And Hammer calls them butt sniffers and that's probably A pretty good way to, to word These people that all of these people in the Indianapolis media who have access to Joe Hogsett people all the time why don't you Ask him I'm not getting anywhere near Joe Hogsett. I've I'm, tried. I mean, look, this is not it's like Holcomb. It's I've just tried. it's not it's not absolutely not going to happen. They will not return the call. I mean, it it's not gonna happen. But there are people in Indianapolis media who on the regular have access to Joe Hogsett and not one of them has asked where were you during the riots, and not let him give some mealy mouth spin, bizarro non-answer like he did with Indy Star, <laughs> or at least ask a follow-up question when he gives the answer. Tony Kennett said something with Hammer and Nigel. He was on with Hammer and Nigel yesterday, and he said something about where Hogsett was during the riots. He claims he's talked to somebody who knows where Hogsett was during the riots, and so we'll play you that audio when we come back.
0: It's Kendall and Casey on
1: 93 WIBC.
2: Hey little
0: girl
4: is your daddy. It's
0: twenty one minutes after nine. You're listening your to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So in just a little under three months, voters are gonna decide whether they want Mayor Joe Hogsett to serve a third term or whether they will throw their support behind his Republican challenger, Jefferson Shreve.
2: Okay, time out. Before you even start this segment, you're a Marion County voter. Yeah. You are in the fray, right? Mm-hmm. Can you vote for Shreve?
0: Can I? Like right I, now I, I can't Well, well
2: I, I, I understand I am physi- able <laughs> You physically can walk in there And vote for this guy But given mm-hmm. How he's campaigned, mm-hmm. Can you support that?
0: Oh Rob! Gosh, it's a hard one. It's like I want to vote for someone, not against somebody. Right. But that's what the that's the position I'm in right now.
2: Thank you. You have totally made the case for what I'm about to say, which is there is zero reason to vote for Jefferson Shreve. Yeah. This guy as a candidate is a complete and total zero. So the position Jefferson Shreve, despite having infinite money and the ability to be an A plus candidate, has put you in is you now have to decide do you want to vote for a complete and total zero because the other guy is negative (laughs) 9,333. Jefferson Shreve, you should be ashamed of yourself for running this crappy ass campaign, this mealy mouth, weak sauce campaign where you have listened to complete and total losers and zeros and you have forced people who have desperately wanted to support you and cheerlead for you and talk about how great you are and what a great mayor you would be for the city of Indianapolis. What you have forced these people to do is decide whether they will vote for a total zero because the other guy is negative 9,333. Shame on you.
0: Jefferson Shreve right now has spent about uh, 600 thousand dollars on his latest campaign and it's being reported that the mayor mayoral race here in Indy will be the most expensive it's ever been in the history of races for the city. He
2: had the chance to run the most fun, most inspiring, most motivated campaign. I'm not just saying in the history of the city of Indianapolis. I'm talking about in the history of the state of Indiana. Because of his wealth and the access to anything that it gives him, think of all the things he could have done. And he could have done it, it's important for him to have done it, not just so he would win, but when he wins, he would enter with a mandate to do things that would actually fix the city of Indianapolis. And instead, because he has listened to these traditional establishment, super liberal Marion County Republicans, I saw this years ago, Casey, in an interview about one of the most famous World Series in history was the 1986 World Series, and it was the Boston Red Sox and the New York Mets. And it's the famous game where Bill Buckner let the in Game Six, the Boston Red Sox were winning. They had not won uh, the World Series in in, since 1918. It had been forever, and they were about to win the World Series. And they collapse in Game Six, and it culminates with Bill Buckner letting the ball go through his legs. What most people don't realize, and you know, because it's been nearly 40 years, is that was Game Six. The Red Sox were up in the series three games to two. There was still a game seven to be played. And if the Red Sox won that game, they would have won the World Series. And I saw years ago, someone was, uh, someone from Boston, was, some writer or something was doing an interview about this. And they said, in a weird way, game seven didn't matter. Because even if we won the game we had already lost because of the fashion in which we had lost game six because that was supposed to be the moment that we won and celebrated the World Series. And that's true with Jefferson Shreve. Even if by some chance he wins, which he won't, because he hasn't inspired anyone to vote for him, we have already lost as a collective because he enters and you have no idea what he's going to do or what he's going to try to accomplish or with any mandate whatsoever. So even if by some chance this total loser wins, who's let everybody down, We've already already lost because he enters with no mandate to fix or do anything.
0: Fifteen million dollars. That's what is expected to be spent on this race.
2: And uh, he said that he will fight
0: for the laws in Indianapolis to be different. Than anywhere else in the state. Uh, yeah. That's a losing well, fight. He also claims that he'll get to the root of the problem, uh, but uh, you know, uh, law-abiding gun owners are not the root of the problem. No, that is
2: the root of the problem to him. And, and okay, so we got to get to this because I know I want to make sure we play this before we go to the news. Tony Kennett was mm-hmm. on with Hammer and Nigel yesterday, and again, we're, Jefferson Street is running against a guy, Joe Hogsett, where we have no idea where he was during the riots. There's not one single solitary person who has come out and said, Joe Hogsett was fill-in-the-blank, and here's the proof on where he was. We know he wasn't calling the shots the first night. We know he wasn't the person who gave the order that said, let them march. The police had monument circle secured, and they let these lunatics take control of the city. We have no idea where Joe Hogsett was. No idea. And Tony Kennett went on Hammer and Nigel yesterday, and he said this.
1: Let's get back into Hogsett for a minute because I think this is very interesting. Now, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but you're an investigative reporter, so I'm going to run this by you. We all know what the rumors are. Let's not act like we don't know what the rumors are. Joe Hogsett rumored, allegedly, in rehab during the riots in Indianapolis. Let's just play ball here. If that were indeed the case, Tony, let's just say he was in rehab somewhere in the state of Indiana. Would that have to be on a medical report or not? Yes, that would be, especially after I may or may not have spoken to one of the nurses that worked at said rehab facility. Um, so I, I don't know, but like, let's just say if there was a nurse off the record who communicated to me that if Joe Hogsett happened to be at this particular rehab facility, not like visiting, like when you're in Monopoly and you're visiting jail, but checked into right. said rehab facility because you, know, you have a problem. You're the mayor of Indianapolis, but you can't keep it together yourself. You know, then perhaps it should be on your medical record and perhaps the people who have elected you to serve should know about that. I have one policy regarding people I vote in. I should get to know everything about you because I am electing you to hold the responsibilities that govern this area that I have elected you to. So, yeah, I think that Hogsett's medical records should be released. You'd think Shreve would ask about it. But again, the dude has the political acumen of a dead, rotting tree stump.
2: (laughs) Okay, so there's the Tony Kennedy has essentially laid it down that he has talked to someone that Joe Hogsett was in a rehab facility during the riots. Mm-hmm. Okay, every person now in the city of Indianapolis, whether you are a TV journalist, a print journalist, an online journalist, oh whatever you are, ask everything you should be doing now mm-hmm. should be geared around asking Joe Hogsett about this and then if he denies it, going out and proving it because Oh my gosh, nobody knows where this guy was, Casey. And Jefferson Shreve should have been running the whole campaign. The whole somebody's like, well, he mentioned it in his newest ad. And you're saying it's like at the very end for mm-hmm. like one second he yeah. mentions it. Every every ad, every press conference, every everything. It would have been so this easy. Total wimp wussy Jefferson Shreve is. Everything he should be doing should be about where were you during the riots. Jefferson. Do it! Stop listening to these idiots that are cratering your campaign! Ask the question! Stop listening to
0: your campaign, Sherpa! He's not
2: helping you.
0: 928, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Donald Trump had a busy day yesterday. He had a closed-door deposition, and he touted his real estate credentials, also defended his presidency. And this is in regards to that uh, New York Attorney General, Letitia James. He said that she should drop her lawsuit because she just doesn't have a case. One of the things that he mentioned was that... uh, He he, Well, he's being accused of inflating his net worth to $2 billion. And uh, he also said during this deposition that without him, we would have had a nuclear holocaust if he didn't deal with North Korea.
2: Okay, so the uh, (laughs) Trump net worth thing is hilarious. So they're trying. This is Donald Trump is being accused of a victimless crime where no one has come forward and said, I'm a victim. There's absolutely not one person in this thing with Letitia James in the state of New York. There is not one person come forward and said, uh, based on what she is doing, mm-hmm. that Donald Trump has wronged me. What she is, she is a literally, literally in this case, a person in search of. Of, a, of crime. a crime, sure. Because what she's trying to say is, so Donald Trump, get like many rich people, gets loans. It's not like when you go for a house loan. You know, you go for a house loan and the bank comes out and as an appraiser, you know, hey, we got to find out what's the house worth. That way, if you default on it, we know we get our money back, blah, blah, blah. When you're the level of rich or wealthy or whatever word you want to use of Donald Trump, a lot of it is based upon your actual net assets. So when you're asking for $30 million, I'm just making up numbers here, if you're asking for $30 million for a loan to re-renovate a hotel, they're not doing it based on the value of the hotel itself. That may be part of it. But what they're basically doing on how how personally wealthy are you as an individual, mm-hmm. and that will decide the line of credit you can get. Letitia James and the state of New York are alleging, well, Donald Trump falsified information in order to get loans, but this isn't an episode of American Greed where Donald Trump is accused of not paying the loans back. There's no bank going out going, Donald Trump totally screwed us and lied, and when we came to get the assets, he left us holding the bank. No one's accusing him of that. Even if he had done this, which there's no proof that he did because Trump was very clear and has been very clear for a long time, a big portion of what he deems his net worth to be is the value of his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at Donald Trump's presidential filing form, when you know you have to do those financial clarification statements, whatever, he was very clear. My name, part of my net worth, is my name. Because his name is put on a whole bunch of stuff he doesn't actually own. So as his name and brand Increases in terms of notoriety or you know, acceptance for the public at large or being viewed by the public. His net worth goes up because it enables him, whether it's steaks or wine or the buildings or whatever, hotels. He doesn't actually own those. He just gives his name to be put on because he knows people will then go there if it has his name mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. And she's basically trying to say, well, you lied about this, and even though no one's been harmed, Well, you're going to pay because no one's been harmed.
0: Well, and that's it exactly. (laughs) She wants him just to pay money. There's no jail time being threatened in this case, and the best case scenario is that the judge could order Trump just to pay money. The lawsuit is set to go to trial in October. Uh, They have a hearing set for September 22nd, and she's also saying that he inflated the square footage of the Trump Tower in Manhattan, calling it intentional and deliberate fraud and not a mistake can't they just go
2: in and measure think about okay but think about this Casey no one is and I just want to reinforce this no one is saying anybody was wronged in this process you if you and I have a business arrangement and you and I are very happy with the business arrangement either I'm giving gave you money and you're paying me back or you're giving me money and I'm paying you back. By the way, I would like to point out, and Kev can attest to this, uh, Casey shorted me one dollar when I asked for a oh, change for a 10 yesterday. <laughs> and she's like, I'll get I'll make it up to you, don't worry. I
0: forgot <laughs> about, about that. <laughs> <laughs> totally forgot. Uh, you need a change for a 10. I had a five and four ones. Yes, and, and I took I owe it, you
2: a buck. I took it based on your being credit worthy. Are you gonna you take
0: would... me to civil trial now? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Matt Hiblin
2: <laughs> But this is the point. Everybody nobody is upset about this. The bank who, by the way, what would it say about the bank if they didn't do the research and they gave the guy money? I mean, it's, that's a pretty crummy bank. Uh- Nobody's upset. The bank is being paid back. Trump is happy with what he got from the bank. No one is upset. And the government says, we must intervene because you're being wrong. No, 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 we're not being wrong. No, you're being, you You got screwed. No,
0: everything's fine. Okay, now you're wrong on one thing. Letitia James is upset. She <laughs> ran on getting Trump. And she, that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to get him.
2: All right, why don't we take a break? Because we totally just blew through that whole segment. I've got two <laughs> audios mm-hmm. of Trump. Trump that we've got to play. One, he was on Glenn Beck talking about wanting to lock people up. And then two, he's basically saying the same thing via truth, social media. And I don't know. I'm torn on this, Casey, because there's a big part of me that says this isn't how America should operate from its elected officials. But on the other hand, this is how America is operating right now with our elected officials on the other side. Sure. So I'm going to ask you to help me sort through how I should feel about this. It's
0: coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC 43. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 W I B C. So Donald Trump was speaking with Glenn Beck and, uh, he was asking him about locking people up. If he became president again, do you remember though, Donald Trump ran on, oh, that's right. Locking people up, especially right. Hillary Clinton. And then after the fact, after he won, you know, the chance of lock her up, lock her up. And then he said, well, uh, Clintons are nice people. They meant well.
2: Well, and so this is the back and forth with Trump that, uh, it's amazing to me people can't square, which is, how do you go, oh, he's really going to do it this time, mm-hmm. when he ran on doing it? It's not like he ran as a traditional Republican, and then won, and then was like, oh my gosh, I got so screwed, now you put me back in there. I'm... He ran this campaign the last mm-hmm. time and didn't do it. So, it. so why would you trust that he's going to do it this time? Yeah,
0: it's it's like a repeat performance, right? It worked for him last time. Maybe he'll th- he's thinking that it'll work again this time. But did he learn his lesson?
2: Okay, so I'm gonna play you this audio of him on Glenn Beck talking about locking people up, and then we gotta we're just gonna, like gonna be at a session at the counselor's office. I'm gonna sit on the couch and you gotta help me work through my feelings on this, okay? <laughs> okay. Do you regret not locking her up? And if you're president again, will you lock people up?
4: Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, the answer is you have no choice because they're doing it to us. I always had such great respect for the office of the president, the presidency. and uh, But the office of the president, and I never hit Biden as hard as I could have. And then I heard he was trying to indict me, and it was him that was doing it. You yes. know, I don't think he's sharp enough to think about much. <laughs> but he was there, and he was probably the one given the order. But he was, you know, hard to believe that he even thinks about that because he's he's gone. But then I said, well, they're actually trying to indict me because every one of these indictments is him, including Bragg. You know, Bragg yeah. put his he put his top people. I don't know if you know this. He put his top person into the office of the Manhattan District Attorney. They've been in total coordination with Fannie Willis. Uh, the uh, woman that I never met that they accused me of rape, that's being run by a Democrat, uh, a Democrat operative, and paid for by the Democrat Party. Uh, you know, so many of these things. I have a couple of other lawsuits all funded against me by the Democrat These are sick people. These are evil people. And it actually is an amazing thing. We talk about the public. The public is smarter than anyone can imagine because they understand what's happening. my, It's really actually driven. I was doing very well before this stuff, but it's really driven my poll numbers up. So Casey
2: counselor, Casey mm. on one hand, there's part of me that says we, this is not how America should be. Um, if I'm going to say it about Trump, I'm going to say it about everybody that we shouldn't be locking people up just based on, we don't like their political views. However, mm-hmm. Once it started, right, yeah. it's the Pandora's box. Sure. They've done it to him. Yep. They'll do it to the next conservative or liberty person they don't like, they being the left. So if I'm going to be critical of saying the Republicans aren't fighters, then don't I have to be in the camp of you got to take an eye for an eye, right? You got to do it to them. Yeah. I mean, Help! I,
0: I, help! I get it. I get it. He ran saying... He was going to lock up Hillary Clinton, and then he got into office, and what did he do? He didn't do it, and he said, oh, the Clintons are good people. They, they didn't mean it, so he was very forgiving, but then it bit him in the butt because yeah. now they're doing it to him, Yes. so I feel like, you know what? I don't want to... I don't want it to be that way, but they made it that way. So now if he's saying, but did you notice he didn't say, he was asked, will you lock him up? He didn't say yes. Yeah. He said, well, you have no choice.
2: Here's, and here's why you should be super skeptical of Donald Trump. And I've been through it many times on these airwaves, why I liked Trump. It was not because I thought he was going to be a phenomenal president. It was not because I thought he was going to be a conservative. I liked Trump because I knew he drove people crazy, and Trump's ability to drive people crazy would force the mask to be revealed on what our government actually is, and who the people are in it, and how they operate and weaponize the government against regular people consistently. By that standard, resounding success. He accomplished what I wanted him to accomplish. The reason I'm not all in on Trump the second time is because Trump needs to be liked. This is all about, every tweet, every everything is about Trump not being liked by someone or some group of people. And Donald Trump's entire life has been a de facto... How do I be liked? I mean, you look at what he does. He played all sides of the politics game until he got in, and he gave money to all sorts of people. You look at what he did when he was president, letting people like Mitch McConnell's wife be in his cabinet, what we're talking about right here. He wants to be liked. And I th- look, I don't believe that when he gets in there, he's going to follow through on it again, because his default is to be liked, and he'll be surrounded by enough people that'll convince him, well, the best way to be liked is to do whatever, and he's not going to be on some revenge tour. And it'll go back to right back to the way it was before.
0: Well, at some point, he's got to be thinking about himself, right? You can want to be liked all you want. But if it just keeps not happening and hurting you... At the end, you have to be strong enough and say, you know what? I don't care if you like me or not. You did wrong and I'm going to hold you accountable. And and that's the thing. When he was in office, he knew about the crimes that people around him were committing. We knew about it. He said he was going to take legal action. He never did. I, I don't know. Was his strategy just to let them cut their own throats? Like, let Biden go long enough, and the truth will come
1: spilling out like it is.
2: So he also went on his Truth Social Media account and basically said the exact same thing.
4: I hope that Republican district attorneys and attorney generals throughout the country are closely watching the tremendous weaponization of justice that is being utilized against me. There's never been anything like it. But you ought to watch... And frankly, it's an eye for an eye or it's fight fire with fire. What they're doing to our country is amazing. So Republicans, I hope you're watching.
2: But the Republicans are doing it to the country, too. That's the mm-hmm. thing, Casey. Like, I don't separate this into, wow, if the Republicans were just in there and the Republicans are getting screwed. The Republicans have screwed this country how many times, and Mm -hmm. they keep doing it on a consistent basis. Mitch McConnell, when he was capable of forming complete sentences, and Todd Young waltzed out there and said, Oh, uh, Ukraine is the most important thing to us. We'll gladly add another trillion to the nation's debt and chop the legs off the incoming House Republicans because, well, Ukraine matters to us more than you. Why would I care whether the Republicans live or die in this equation it doesn't matter to me like I want justice to be served I want people to who deserve to go to jail to go to jail I want people who don't deserve to jail to not go to jail but I'm not in this to help the Republicans Mm -hmm. I don't care at all about the Republicans because they hate me as much as the Democrats hate me
0: well it's tit for tat and I don't think we need that that has that does nothing to unify the country and bring us to a better place
2: Okay, I have to ask you a question, Casey, Mm. because I saw this story on ESPN, and we don't do a lot of sports on this show unless it has societal impact and implications, (laughs) and apparently yesterday, Mm -hmm. there was a volleyball game, Yeah, that is the key word here, a volleyball game at the University of Nebraska Mm -hmm. in Omaha that had 92,003 fans attend the game.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It was an outdoor game, too. It looks like they had it in the football
2: stadium. Yes, it was at the football stadium, and it is the largest women's sports event in terms of attendance ever. Apparently, and I had no idea about this until I saw this article, volleyball is huge in the state of Nebraska.
0: Apparently, with and, 92,003 people filling Memorial Stadium for and, their match. And
2: they put all sorts of effort into this. This is a long buildup to get... 92,003 people do attend. The previous record for a woman's sporting event Mm -hmm. was 91,648. It was uh, April of last year in Barcelona, Spain for a soccer Mm -hmm. match. Did I say that right? It's a match, right? Yeah. Match. Kylan is in here today, and she will be very angry if I get that wrong because she plays soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it blew this out of the water. And I'm sitting there watching this going, they got 92,003 people to go see people play volleyball.
0: What's the population of the entire state of Nebraska?
2: probably not much more than 92,003. Right. Okay. So, what The, all,
0: the capacity for the stadium is only 85,000. So they So they
2: went well over
0: capacity well, standing room
2: only. Well, clearly they reconfigured obviously mm-hmm. the stadium to fit this soccer match or it's a volleyball match. It's also a match for volleyball mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um Now, here's what also blew my mind. So, the tickets were originally priced at $25 for general admission adults, $5 for high school students and younger. So, if you were a college kid, um, then you had to pay adult price. So, it doesn't appear that there was any discount if you're a University of Nebraska student or whatever. The secondary market (laughs) sold... For as much as $400. Wow. So if you got a ticket for 25 bucks, depending on where it was, you could have conceivably resold that, even Mm -hmm. though there were 92,003 people. This is how hot this ticket was. For $400, and made a gargantuan profit. So two-parted question, Casey. Okay. Number one, what's the largest attended event you've ever been at in person? Okay. And number two, what's the most stupid amount of money You've a pay you've paid to attend something in person.
0: Largest event probably would have been a football game at the big house, University of oh, Michigan. Oh yes. is that Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay. So
2: yeah. Was this like recent?
0: Yeah, it was a couple of years okay. back. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. And what is Michigan's always over a hundred thousand every yeah. single game? It sells out every game. Mm-hmm. The it the they create like noise records and stuff. That's how many people yeah. go. Um how was it?
0: Oh, it was fun. I mean, I had never been to the big house. It was the first time there. So that was fun.
2: Did you look around and say, oh my gosh, look at all these people? Like, can you tell from the stadium? Oh, yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to tell based on the, you know, schematics of a stadium. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Comparatively
0: to Notre Dame Stadium, yes. Yes. You definitely can tell. All right.
2: So very good. Thank you for that. Now, what is the most (laughs) amount of money you've ever paid to attend an in person? Event
0: um, paid a little bit to see Notre Dame. Do you remember when Notre Dame was in the national championship game against Alabama? Uh,
2: I think that are game. You, are you calling that a game that was more of like a, a, a an exhibition, which oh was gosh, over it was three so minutes? Awful. in?
0: Yeah, we paid some money to go down to that game. But I'm also including the hotel and the airfare in that expense. Okay, all right. Not only was it the ticket for the game, but yeah. it was the entire because I think it was a Sun. Is it called Sun Stadium? This was
2: was this in was this in uh, Florida? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um and woo. They they lost big time. Yeah. So that was a Did you feel ripped off the fact yes. that you paid money? Yes.
2: <laughs> okay. Over under five figures all in.
0: Under. Yeah, okay. under.
2: Under you were under five figures all in to yeah. the whole thing. Okay, that's but not that, too bad. But
0: that's still
2: Yeah. I mean, to Did watch a team get their ass beat. Yeah. Well, and
0: you also have to consider the vacation time that was taken. So yeah. take time off work, fly down there, get a hotel room, pay for the tickets, go to the game, and watch them completely yeah. lose. I
2: mean, Kev could have just come over to your house and beat you between the eyes of the Billy right. Club. Right, that would have and been it, just as much fun. And a lot less expensive. That's when the love affair with Brian Kelly ended. Yeah, that was not that was not good. Yeah. Was, what What about you? Uh, both probably the same answer. The Rolling Stones at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they said there was like sixty-five thousand-ish mm-hmm. people, um, and I paid three hundred dollars to be down. In right. The, I ended up in about the fifth row. In the
0: fifth totally row. Totally worth it. One hundred percent worth it. You do that again? Oh,
2: absolutely! In a heartbeat. You pay that kind of money? Oh yeah, it was great. I would. I mean, I. I. You know how I am with money. I ag- agonized. Agonized <laughs> over doing it, but I'm totally glad I didn't. Uh, the I,
0: interesting I, thing about this Nebraska game, they have sold out 306 consecutive regular season matches.
2: Oh, okay. So Big when fans, we, when we come back, yeah, we talked about Tony Kennett on Hammer and Nigel yesterday, saying he is going. He he had talked to somebody who knows Hawks that was in rehab, who worked mm-hmm. at the facility. Hawks that was supposedly at. Tony Kennett's is going to join us to clarify. Coming up next,
0: it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.